Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Welcome along. Great to have you with us. It is the V8 Sleuth Podcast. I am Aaron Nair. He is Will Dale, and we are talking today about the lost races. Will, have you got the spooky music there? No. Oh, man, I built that up really well, really well. Nothing. No. Donuts. Cracker. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, this podcast this week, we must start off the bat. A little bit late this week. Later than normal, but it's here this week, and that's the bit that matters. Of course, an Anzac Day holiday in the middle of things and some other commitments going on. But this is the Lost Races episode, and this was really prompted by our last get-together on the podcast, yeah, basically. We, yeah, we got a question. Did we get a question from a listener from the last podcast, or would you, did we just naturally start talking about this? No, I never can remember. Yeah, same, unfortunately. Apologies if there was a listener question mm. that prompt, prompted this, but we remembered the chat about it and we enjoyed it, so we figured we'd talk about it a bit more. And the more that we dug and the more that we asked you, our listeners and our Facebook followers, of some of the races that – and there's probably a couple of different categories to cover off here. These are the hidden gems. Some of them were never covered on television. Some of them were but have never been seen since. And some of them haven't been seen for a very long time and there's questions whether any vision actually exists mm. of what are some of the best races, uh, some of the pieces of our history that are unknown, lost forever, maybe tucked away um, in a vault. Who knows? Fingers crossed, hopefully. Let's hope they're somewhere. Well, you never know. And I guess there's a difference in some of this too, whether there's the available broadcast quality vision or there's someone's got a VHS copy of it or a, Mm. um, a beta copy or whatever they might have from back in the day. The two things are a little bit different. So we're going to put all that together in this episode of the pod and cover off some of the the really interesting parts of, of racing history in Australia that, well, you can't see. You can only read about some of these. But yeah. hopefully this might prompt some people to go digging through their cupboards and uh, talking to their uncles, fathers, sisters, brothers, mums, uh, uncle, or whoever, <laughs> yes. to try to come up with some of this stuff. But we got some great suggestions this week on Facebook that really added to some of the notes that we already had. And I think that the first one we've got to start with here on Lost Races feels like a whole series could develop out of this. It could go anywhere. <laughs> is the what, what is labelled perhaps the greatest touring car race in the history of this country? 1972, Australian Touring Car Championship at Bathurst between Alan Moffat in the mighty Coke Mustang and Pete Gagan in the Super Falcon. Now, the only vision I've ever seen of this is some, I think it's silent home video that was um, released by autopix.com.au uh, by the late David Blanche um, some years ago now. That's all I've ever seen. And I don't think that race was covered on television from memory. I can't imagine it would have been because you think that was part of – you think about where the Australian Touring Car Championship was in terms of prominence at that point. I mean, sure, Bathurst, the Bathurst 500 as it was then was televised, but that was a th- big thing with Channel 7 and it was only really had, what, five, six trackside cameras – and it was an all-day thing, whereas this was a comparatively very short race mm. that was part of a bigger meeting. So live television wasn't really a thing, especially when the promoters were trying to get a crowd out there on East, on Easter. Yeah, and that's one of the things back in those periods that – and that went right through even with cricket into the 80s. Mm. But how many times would it be there'd be a game at the Sydney Cricket Ground or the Melbourne Cricket Ground – Local and blackout. If you lived there, you couldn't watch it because yeah. they were trying to encourage you to go because the they felt that the impact would be um, that if you could watch it on telly, you just wouldn't pay for a ticket and go along and and watch. So, like even till recent years, that was the same for the Indy Five Hundred. You couldn't yeah. watch it live if you were in India, in Indianapolis. I, I remember I've been to the Five Hundred twice, and I can't remember which of the times. I think it was the first time I'd been, uh, which was two thousand nine, sitting in a diner on the Sunday night with some Aussie friends. And everyone was craned on watching the replay. And my natural reaction was, oh, yeah, the replay's on. And then I went, oh, no, this is the first time so many <laughs> people have seen this because yeah. that's how it is here. It's mm. it's it's very different. But that's an iconic race, that 72 Bathurst one, with two of the superstar cars and drivers of that whole era of the sport. And we only have first-hand accounts really, don't we? I mean, we don't Absolutely, have yeah. a piece of vision to 
go, ta-da, here it is, here's how it all unfolded. No, the peer-reviewed reports from the various outlets, whether it was Auto Action or Racing Car News or whatever was around at the time and like that, those are – as we've seen from various articles that we've done over the years, Australian Muscle Car, those things are extremely handy, but it's not. But like you'd love to actually see it. Yeah. And it yeah. further reinforces the idea that you only ever need two good cars to have a good race. That's true. Because and there were a few other good cars there that day that just didn't quite make the distance. No, and it's also proof that home video is amazingly powerful. Mm. And particularly in the, um, in the modern era, everyone's a cameraman really, aren't they, or camera woman with their – phone because yes, you yeah. can just whip it out and something happens in front of you, ta-da, there it is. It's funny because like some of the, you think back of how long this has been the case. Like as part of the research for the Triple Eight book, I've been having a look on YouTube for various things and found fan shot footage of test days that Triple Eight yeah. have done. So like the day that Shazzy 27 had its first shakedown. Which was Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Um, a punter has uploaded YouTube vision Gold. from that day that I would never have expected to exist anywhere. And because we're doing this the week of the Perth Super Sprint uh, at carco.com.au raceway. Yes. This time of year every year when Perth comes around, which obviously we had a couple of years where there wasn't a Perth, mm. The Carl Reinler incident gets replayed and my terrible voice gets wheeled out <laughs> over the top of that vision. It was worse for Carl than it was for oh, you. Yeah, that's true. But I've seen some YouTube fan vision and it yeah. captures it more rawly because you hear the reaction from the crowd of that <gasps> and mm. then the get him out, get him out because the thing's on fire and the yeah. fireys are turning up and the crews are jumping the fence. So you get this extra angle that you just don't get through a broadcast and the broadcast is kind of the one lens that pretty much we all have on it, Yeah. Um, whether it's from what you saw on the day or what you remember in your brain or what the tape shows um, in the aftermath. So there's another pivotal one actually that's popped up too that one of our, um, our readers suggested and it's a weird one because – I've seen vision of the era before and after this, but somehow this one's fallen through the cracks for some reason. The 77 Hang 10 400 at Sandown. Debut of the A9X Tirana. Peter Brock wins. Bill Patterson Racing, the blue number 25 car. I've seen vision of the 76 Sandown Enduro. Mm. It was released by um, uh, Chevron, ABC Vision, on those classic Australian touring car races DVD, what were they, 10-odd years ago. Yeah. they also released uh, highlights of the 78 Sandown Hang 10 race that Brock won in the A9X. Off the back of the Australian Grand Prix yep. being held on yep. the same day. But I've never seen a Skerrick one single frame of the 77 Sandown race. That's fascinating. As you said, like that was the that's the debut of the A9X. I yep. mean, the and that was also one of the first races of that iconic Marlborough Holden deal livery where they swapped to the big chevrons mm. on the front and the rear to make and um yeah that's a fair point i've never really stopped to think about that i've never seen any vision that's really interesting i, I would be gobsmacked and the other thing is from dealings with with chevron and john kittle and the guys there with releasing dvds over the years one of the things was with the abc that there's probably more motorsport stuff in their vault Hmm. But it's not labelled well. Yes. And I think we've talked about this before. So that could sit there somewhere on a shelf at the ABC. Because it was broadcast. Mm. I'm looking currently at the TV guide I love for when you September look this 11, up. Sunday, what 1977. They actually cut to <laughs> they, they cut to Sandown live twice. So they showed whatever the Formula 5000 race was that preceded it. It wasn't the Australian Grand Prix that year. Don't know whether it was part of the Australian Drivers' Championship off the top of my head. So they cut to that live at midday for an hour. Then they, This is the ABC. This is the ABC. Yeah. Um, off the back of divine service from the Salvation Army Citadel in Hobart, Tasmania. <laughs> How long um, did that go for? That went for an hour. Okay. So at 1 p.m. after the F5000 race was done, they showed a repeat of Four Corners from that week. <laughs> Um, and then at 1.55, Australian Beautiful Gardens, Water and Stone, which was also a repeat. <laughs> but then at 2.25, yeah. they cut to Motor Racing 77, live from Sandown. So do you reckon that's... Surely. Like, the what race else, start? What oh, else no, could no, no. it be? Did, does be it mean fine. that the race has started by that point? We'd have to look at the, um, we'd have to look at the program. Mm. But I would dare say that it, is, it ran until 5.05 when okay. it was followed by a program called Yak. Whatever that is. Lots of chat? Yak, or well, well, not much chat. It was 10 minutes. Oh, Yak okay. into banana splits into countdown. What a right. combo. Okay. There you go. Love it. Well, I guess our only hope to ever see that race or vision of that race 
is that it's somewhere in the ABC vault. And and the bits that have been saved of 76 and 78, they were like half-hour highlights pe- packages that were released on those DVDs. So mm. I would, geez, I'd be amazed if the live, you know, as it went to air. Would be good though, wouldn't it? Oh, because, that, like, that let's be honest, about- the Light Car Club's um, – Timing and report, mm. results reports weren't always as helpful as you, no. as a historian think, might like. I think they raised more questions than provided answers, to be honest. But <laughs> yes, I, I think if we were to do our top five lost races that, of the, what we're going to talk about in this pod, that's a contender. That's in the oh, top absolutely, five. maybe absolutely. top three. We talk about stuff that has mysteriously appeared, uh, like maybe lurking in an archive somewhere that we don't even know about. Talk about highlights packages of the seventy of the other hang 10 400s mm. on the either side of that year last year when channel 7 did their their Bathurst channel um on the 7 plus app yeah and a 1 hour highlights pack of the 1963 Armstrong 500 appeared. oh it was an hour it was a half an hour or half hour yeah any, yeah. any of it really yeah. <laughs> like it was yeah. and it was actual it, it was the race telecast vision. Yeah. It wasn't a compiled, cut it together, voice over it. Like, like we've seen. Yeah. Like it's more commonly seen. Yeah. And, and all era. of my years of digging through the Seven Vault to do the Seven Sport Magic Moments DVDs, to do the Shannon's Legends series, V8 Extra, I never came across it. Hmm. And I would have gone, and I've got tape code files and logs and all sorts of stuff. And I nearly fell over when I saw that because yeah. I had not seen that. And it was. I think they had four cameras for that first yeah. Bathurst in 63. And it's half an hour taken from the race telecast all put together. And clearly that would have been shown, and you can get your TV guide out another day, that would have been shown in the aftermath whether it was the next – because it was quite It was shown that, that night. Either that it, night. It was 100% shown yeah, that right. night. And they okay. did that. They actually did that for the next, yeah. for quite a few for years. For quite a few years they did that. And then in the 70s particularly too, maybe they were doing it in the 60s, that they would run that the next week mm. as well, the next weekend. So, um, And that's where some of those Bathurst highlights that we've released on DVD over the years, 72, 73, some of that stuff, that's come from those. And you actually hear on one of those early ones, maybe it's 74 or thereabouts, Mike Raymond is actually the voice yes. who kind of does the intro link pieces still a couple of years before he ends up part of the Channel 7 Bathurst telecast team. So this is just amazing history. And when you compare... I wonder sometimes whether Australian motorsport's done a fair, poor, average, good, great job of its history and its visual history. It, when you compare it to AFL, NRL, tennis, cricket, I'd say it's poor. And yeah. it's probably come from the fact that it's been so splintered. Yeah. Different networks holding rights, different entities running the sport. Whereas if you look now, I'm pretty sure that when you see cricket on Fox or Seven, they have use of that old Channel Nine vision mm. because of Cricket Australia has gone and bought it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the AFL did a good job of this. They had their hundredth anniversary in, I think it was '96. I think yes. they had a centenary season. Yeah. They made a doco. They did all sorts of cool stuff. But one of the big things that they did was that they formed what was called AFL Films. And it was run mm. by David Barham, who was the head of sport at Channel 10 for a long time, and he's now the president of the Essendon Football Club here yeah, right. in the AFL here in Melbourne. So they went out there and grabbed and sought to find as much vision and as many things that were lying around, not nailed down, that they could build this archive for That's the amazing. AFL from. And we've got this situation where there's probably three distinct pools for Australian racing. You've got the Seven Archive, mm-hmm. which is – predominantly Bathurst, but yep. Touring Car Championship for 10 years or whatever it was, plus other miscellaneous bits. You've got Supercars who own everything that they broadcast from 97 onwards, yep. whether it was on 10, 7, Fox, that's all, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's theirs all the way through. And then you've got the ABC with a lot of that early vault stuff. And there's a lot of the stuff that's lying around that – we might have copies of, our listeners might have on various videos and places that master copies don't exist with those networks, but mm. they, um, they're still around. They're still a thing. So they're probably the, probably the three big pillars, yeah. but they're not together and I can't see them ever fully being together. I mean, it's good that while Seven have rights to supercars, those two pools kind of connect, um, but I think there's still a lot of other stuff out there and around there. It's just a case of knowing where to look between the cracks. Exactly. 
And you think about what the the way AFL NRL have been able to have had just have the have footage to go back and try and get. Yeah. They were majority sports in a major market, so there were large amounts of people who, if they couldn't be at the game, wanted to watch it, and there was public interest and ad dollars there to be got by TV networks in airing this stuff. So it does exist. Whereas with uh, with motorsport back in that earlier era of even even as late as the 1980s, um, there was no guarantee that these races would draw enough ratings to be tele- to justify as being televised, especially and when you compare televising a motor race compared mm. to televising a football field. Oh, massive more expense, massive more everything. Mm. Um, covering a football ground versus covering a X amount of kilometre racetrack is yes. a whole other thing. And, and a lot of our listeners are wondering, well, why didn't they keep these tapes? Why didn't they just keep them? Well, they took up room and mm. they were stock. So quite often... Tapes were recorded over, yeah, because it was quite valuable. So um, they needed to reuse them rather than no, 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 just tuck that away, grab another one. Well, that's budget, that's money. That yeah, um, that's why you know, large chunks of Doctor Who got taped over, isn't it? Yeah, the exactly, right. exactly. And and there's a, a common story, and we've had it um, raised by some of our, our podcast listeners and our sleuth readers. Yeah, it's true. There was a chunk of Channel Seven archive material that was turfed, and it became landfill for the tennis courts for Homebush. That is true. That is fact. Wow. But exactly what was under there and what was thrown, we're not really sure. But I have no, to I presume- don't think anyone ever really documents garbage. No, they? no. But I would <laughs> what they consider garbage, yeah, I should say. I would have to presume that there may have been full or much more complete Bathurst Enduros from the 60s mm. through the mid-70s that might have got the turf, So, yeah. which would- um, Well, it's always <sighs> felt like one of those- minor miracles of someone who loves watching old motorsport that anything from that era from 76 onwards can be re- could have been released in anything close to a full race like mm. to be able to watch what, what do you call it 90 percent of the 77 race yeah without that one out that one out and a bit hours missing in the middle during the um, broadcast strike in Melbourne. Yeah. Was that a strike or was that when they went off it the world It was that day. Yeah. Right. Normally I think it was – so Melbourne would always cut to their designate their traditional one-hour World of Sport program during the race and then come back afterwards, hence why there's an hour missing yeah. from, what, 78? 76 and, as well. Yeah. I think 77 was the last year that there oh, was a gap. Oh, it was gap. too. 78 yeah. of all those races we've released on DVD mm. – 78's the first full, full one. Yeah. I believe 77 there was also a, a broadcaster's union strike or some form of strike right. action during the middle of that day, yeah. which might have caused the gap to be a bit larger than an hour. Well, well, it was just over a decade ago, 2012, I think it was, 2011, somewhere around there, that I actually sat down with the team at Chevron in Sydney with mm. John Kittle and Ray Burkhouse and said, hey, guys, because I was doing a lot of V8 extra work, um, was – because I'm in Melbourne at the time, all the tape files are in Melbourne, so I would go in there and go sifting for vision or we'd ask a researcher there to do it. And it was clear that there was far more stuff there than they had ever actually released Mm. and they didn't need to keep repackaging the same stuff over and over because – and that's what led us to the Seven Sport Magic Moments DVD series and that's what led us to the full Bathursts and there was a bit of all that stuff that flowed through. So – we're kind of at the other side of that now in terms of the DVD market's just not really there anymore, so that's why there's no new releases of Seven Sport Magic Moments coming um, this year. But I still think that there's a uh, – and this podcast will prove it and the feedback that will come from this podcast and the other suggestions and the other races and the other things that people want to uh, talk about will prove that there's plenty of interest out there in some of that stuff that's no longer around. So uh, we will sleuth. We will find. Mm. I think we mentioned this – on the pod, maybe this helped prompt us last week. Mm. The Oran Park Enduros, the 88 Pepsi 250. Yes. Which was the one that Peter Brock and Jim Richards won in the mobile BMW. Jim, um, George Fury, Mark Scaife in the sky, I think, finished second. Yep. Was it Crompton uh, Parsons on the podium uh, in third? I, don't, I think it might have been the Mitsubishi Starion. Uh. Was it Gary Scott and Terry Shield? I can't remember off the top of my yeah. head. But. I've never seen any vision of that race. Surely it exists somewhere. Surely the ABC televised it in some way, shape or form because they had done the Oran Park Enduro right through that period Mm. of the 80s. And by then the whole 
standalone endurance because the endurance championship was dead by that yeah. stage. So any enduro that was being run was kind of sitting on an island on its own. And and there wasn't like it is now where everyone has a franchise or a you know, not a franchise anymore, but a, a charter hmm. where it's a commitment to compete. Back yeah. in those days, you didn't have that. You turned up and went to what you wanted to go to, pretty yeah. much. Hence so, why those were. Hence why a BMW M3 could win a race in 1988, because yeah, the one be- Sierra that was there had mechanical issues. Was it the Bondi? It was bon- Bondi's brand debut. new car. Yeah, 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 which didn't go so good. Yeah. So yeah, there was no shell cars. There was no Longhurst. There was no Larry Perkins Commodore. There was, you know, it, it was left open. But I think where we might get some luck here, mate. Mm-hmm. is the National Film and Sound Archive one day mm-hmm. because they do hold yes. a lot of different um, news broadcasts. So we might get to see some news reports and stories on some of these races that we're going to talk about. But, of course, that takes time and some money to liberate that from the files yes. and clearance <laughs> from the copyright holder generally as well. So uh, I think there's still some stuff there if we ever have a reason or a need to go digging. But I'm shocked at the 88 race. Did, was that televised? Do we know? We've, we had a quick look the other day at the Sydney guide for that for that weekend and could see no trace. But there were ABC generalised sports shows, mm. so it could mm. have had a Maybe mention in it. dropped it in there somewhere. Yeah. But the other one we definitely know is the next year's race, which was mm. the last Oran Park Enduro, the Yokohama 300. And this one actually came in off socials. Uh, Rowan Carrick, who a lot of people will know, races a Formula Holden, raced Formula Holden in the period. His dad... Um, Ian raced a BMW, one of the old Jimmy Richards cars, mm. with Peter Hudson and Ian Clark with two of his mates, and they finished 10th, and he said, we don't even have any photos from this event, let alone any video. And that's the one that Andrew Medecki and Andrew Bagnall won in the Kenwood car, wasn't yeah. it? So, yeah, yeah. Typical, typical of Andrew Medecki's, Medecki's luck in that era, he wins a race that's not televised, <laughs> that is not widely remembered or w- was widely broadcast because it was televised. We understand it was televised on Sky TV, mm. like here in Australia, i.e. Sky, which was in pubs and clubs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was essentially a horse racing, mm. the horse racing channel, mm. um, but also in that era carried a few snippets of motorsport and in, this was one race where they they broadcast it. Never seen it. No, no. Not a bit. Got to wonder where that lives. Surely that sky, there must be a tape vault somewhere of Imagine with they- horse racing and there might be one tape of car racing among it all. <laughs> so it so sky racing essentially launched in what, late 80s, 86, oh, sure. 87, 85, okay. 86, 87. So it was I think. pretty so, freshish by that Yeah, so you've got to wonder and like in terms of output, there'd be a lot there. So you've got to wonder how much was kept in those early days. Do you presume perhaps that an outside production company might have put that together and given it to them to run? You would think. Because that reminds me of what we know from the Sandown 500 that year mm. that didn't air on television but it was filmed and recorded with the um, on-track commentary. Yeah. We've got a – if you have a look at YouTube, we've loaded it up there on our V8 Sleuth channel – um, I think it was about two hours worth of coverage mm. of that day. So, and it's funny because some of that vision was used in the Bathurst broadcast that year on that um, profile on Dick Johnson because it was used on Sports World. And Sports oh, World okay. showed maybe five to ten minutes of highlights of the '89 Sandown race the following week. The following week, right. that's where that came from. Yeah, that's that stuff. So, Oran Park '88 and '89, it's a bit of a empty hole for us. If you've ever seen it, if you've ever heard of it, if you've ever got any ideas, tell us. We want to know because they're two interesting touring. Because pretty much everything from those two years else is around, seen, released. People exists. got it. It exists. But if I can segue here, Will, mm-hmm. there is something else from 1989 that also doesn't exist. But it doesn't exist because it, we definitely know that it wasn't broadcast, one of the Amps car rounds. Yes, the third Amps car round, I believe, because the first Amps car round of that year was the Australian Touring Car Championship round. Concurrently run, yeah. Yep. The second one was in late May, and that was definitely broadcast. They actually had a they actually had a um, issue with one of the cameras across the top of the hill. So the last race of the day, they tracked the leaders to the top of Bitcher Pave Hill and then picked them back up at the bottom <laughs> of Dunlop Loop. Um so that was definitely broadcast. The fina- the final round was broadcast. That was the one that had Formula Holden um, oh, yeah, racing yeah. there, where yeah. Crompton won the first race and um, went nine eyes at the start of the second race when he when he got turned into the wall on the oh, run up the hill. Yeah, up yeah, the hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's actually the third round that was not broadcast at all. Do we know why? 
Uh, don't know a definitive reason. Wonder whether maybe that was an ARDC decision to potentially draw more spectators or whether Channel 7 had other stuff on that weekend Channel and couldn't do it. Channel 7 loved broadcasting from Amaru because it was cheap mm. and local. Small track and they were based in Sydney, ATN 7. So yeah. hmm, we might do some further digging through the magazines of the period to see if there's a, a reason. You know the other bloke who might know? Mm-hmm. Gary O'Brien, because yeah. Gary has been in every race in the history of racing, long-time pre- auto-action reporter. He's, he's been I'm pretty sure now. Gary did the report for he probably round did. three. And yeah, I'd say he did. So he might have a, a recollection. He might be a guy that we ask about. Speaking of recollections, this does remind me, this is how we got on the top. It was indeed a listener question last week. It was from mm. Lachlan James who asked about the 92 touring car round at Malala, ah, which was yes. another one that was not broadcast live yes, by Channel that prompted 10. us. Correct. It was. Yep. Yes. Yep. So thank you, Lachlan, for but sending this on the this journey. The good thing is there is, and I think we got asked about that by another person in our call out this week, mm. there is vision of that. Mm. It, it was very small in terms of clearly there wasn't a big OB, so that's outside broadcast is the TV term, i.e. it's not in a stadium or a studio, it's out in the open. So a small amount of cameras were there to at least film some of the action and they spliced it together and ran it on Sports World the next week, which could you imagine the outrage now? If a, if a supercar's <laughs> you know what? was coming yeah, that I way. Yeah, I probably could. <laughs> yeah, Just a little. Just ha- a having little. worked at Fox Sports in in the era where that change happened and a few of the races just went behind a paywall, yeah, I definitely yeah, could remember yeah, yeah. What, that would, what that would Heard sound it. like. Know what it feels like. Yeah. Um, while we're on the topic of Warren Park, there's a couple more races that seem to have just slipped away, sadly. Mm. The Rothmans 500 Enduros of the late 70s, 77 and 78, the one that – Johnny Harvey and Charlie O'Brien won when they ran out of juice and Harvey had to go and leg it to go and get <laughs> yes. some juice to top it up and get it going again. Um, I've never seen vision either, either of those two races. And there's clearly – But we know they were broadcast. They were broadcast on Channel O, which was what it was before or it was 10 Channel 10. Sydney or in O10 that era. Yeah, yeah. the O10 network. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I, I've found in the Channel 10 vault some eyewitness news uh, stuff with Dick Johnson and Vern Schupen yeah, ahead of the 78 Vern, race. Because yeah. Vern had come back to Australia to drive with Dick. But beyond that, in terms of actual race day vision footage, donuts. There's a chance that there might be some on eyewitness news reels that are in the National Film and Sound Archive. There's a chance. But um, I wouldn't hold my breath that we ever found the full race or any of the race day telecast of that one. Are Which you, is a shame. Are you because doing some Googling I over am there doing trying to find Googling. the, the it, TV It guy? is a bit of a shame that if that is long gone and like cross our fingers, maybe someone has a – I was going to say it's pre-VHS it's, 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 it or is be, pre-VHS. even Betamax era, yeah, isn't it? So it's, it's, it's contingent on finding the actual yeah, tapes. Yeah, it would be very, very rare to find anyone who had a home video recorder at that stage because – the growth and rise of VHS really wasn't until the early 80s. So mm. anything that's in the 70s is kind of going to fall into the cracks a little bit there. But I guess what it would take, it, it would take someone who, whether they were working for the track or the promoter or the sponsor, who got given a copy of the tape in the aftermath and it's sitting in a box somewhere, like a pneumatic tape, which we've saved a lot of stuff from those old tapes yeah. in previous years. All the old Amaru Amps car races of 79, early CRC 80s. CRC 300, the yeah. one where Dick Johnson's original Falcon. True Blue Falcon made its race debut. Yep, all that stuff. So that's probably all we can hope for with, with trying to find those races well, as sincerely well. hope that someone has the six-hour coverage of the 77 Rothmans 500. Was it the full thing? Oh, it started, started at 10 a.m. in the morning and the coverage finished at 4 p.m. that evening. Yeah, that'd be the um, Covering the 579-kilometre long Rothmans 500, which I've always found curious. It was 222 laps, wasn't it? Something Around like that, yeah. Around a two-point-something or other. Yeah, you do the maths yeah, and I'd, I don't quite see where the 500 came I think it's a bit more than 500. Yeah, yeah. maybe this nice is where Holden Deal team went wrong. They were, they were fueling up for a 500k race. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, maybe there was something in that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. So there's another couple that have fallen through the cracks. 
1980 Australian Touring Car Championship. I don't think I've seen a frame of any round from that season. Again, that sort of highlights the position that touring car racing was in in that in that era. You think of the fact we can that footage exists of that sort of glory era glory era of the late, the mid to late seventies. Think of the 77 Sandown Touring Car round where Moffat wins and then his mechanics hop on the back for the victory <laughs> yes. lap. Yeah, that's been released, hasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and even stuff from the 70, from 79, like the final, the, um, final round at Oran or Park, Adelaide International Raceway footage ah, of- I've seen that. Yes. I've got a copy of that. Mm. And I have a copy of Sandown and I have a copy of Wanneroo from 79. And this is the thing. These things exist in some way, shape or form, but- 80, like after, nothing. no, nothing. Looked back at the TV guide of the era, there's no mention of it on any of the channels. The only thing I found was that the ABC did one hour of Simmons Plains, which was the opening round of mm. 1980. That's all I could find in any of the old TV guides. And when we're talking about these, they're available online through, where are they? State Library of Victoria. And you can look them all up. They're all, yeah. all there from the old newspapers from back in the day. So that gives us a, a really great, Period source to be able to to research some of this stuff, but that's and all it, I've it, been it able kind to of find. tallies because well, it kind of tallies because of what Dick Johnson says about oh, I watched the first round of that year and Gary Wilmington was actually doing a good job in that XD at Simmons Plains. That's so how I watched it, it. Yeah, exactly. It mm. was. It's not something that's um, been conflated in the memory over all these years. It is yeah historically accurate. True, totally true. And the other part to it all is that it wasn't uniform like it is now. Mm. So individual tracks had their own promoters. They did their own thing, in some cases their own TV deals. Mm. It wasn't like the championship rights were sold to a network and then the network just covered it all, as was the case with Seven later on. It was a bit haphazard. It was a bit here, there and everywhere. It's there like was when ABC no- started effectively, it wasn't a set deal. It was what them as a national broadcaster going, oh, this is something of public interest and yeah. worth our time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what we think too of um, just going back to Oran Park a little bit, 73 Touring Car Championship round, I think it was broadcast by Channel 9 in Correct. Sydney at the time. Correct. I think we've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah, Oran Park had a had done a deal, of course, the great promoter there, Alan Horsley. Mm-hmm. They had done a deal with Channel 9 to broadcast some of their racing. I've never seen any of it. No, because that's the story. Isn't that one of the stories that Alan Moffat tells about John Smales approaching him on the grid? On the grid. Or John, no, it's John Smales that tells the story oh, of yes. approaching Alan Moffat yes. on the grid and being told in two very short words what he could do. Because it was on. Did it start with F and end with off? It certainly ended. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Got to wonder if that race was live. Oh, that would have been a cracker. Yeah. That would have been a cracker. Channel Nine's vault intrigues me because I do know from brief chats over the journey that there's some stuff there, some stuff that's not. Um, the like triple the Eastern challenges Creek, gone. Gone. Really? They don't have them. That's fascinating. Because we wanted to release them on Chevron DVDs uh, in the previous years, but they don't have broadcast tapes of those events obviously they're around they're online mm. people load them on youtube and people have got them at home on dvd or vhs but is their archive i presume it probably is by now but is their archive centralized or is there like sure. regional affiliates i haven't had any contact yeah, right. there for a long time so i'd be interested because we did get the brock classic we released mm. that on dvd and the nissan 500 yep, 1990 yeah. that was that was out on a standalone dvd title uh, which you can get from our online shop, by the way, superstore.v8sleuth.com.au. I've got a whole pile of uh, DVDs available there for your classic motorsport fix. And that 90 race is a cracker. Yeah, as well. it was great. I remember watching that on the day. Um, but I'm intrigued to know what else Channel 9 may have because apart from their current involvement with the Stansport coverage of, of the ARG stuff, the Speed Series, Nine's motorsport history has always really been about the international categories, about yeah. the Formula One coverage and the, obviously the Australian race, the Indy World Car. Motorcycle Grand Prix, IndyCar racing yeah. and the local races of those. But they didn't really cover the domestic scene very much in terms of rights holders. Mm. Remember though that they did show the Australian Drivers' Championship Open Wheelers, 1990 I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, it was a unique situation because, um, and we're sidetracking here very quickly, 1990, Sandown 500 is telecast in a highlights package on ABC, but the Formula Holden or Brabham or whatever it was race at that stage was on Channel 9 earlier that day. <laughs> so they put up and pulled down the signage at the last corner in front of where we were standing, depending on which TV was going to be on for what race. <laughs> we just That sort of stuff you just, you'd just you never see these days. But Even that was a deal, that the Formula Holden deal, Brabham, 
deal for nine only kicked in halfway through the season because the early season races were shown on seven whenever they were on a touring car. Yeah. At a touring car round. Yeah, that's right. Good point. Good point. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of open wheeler fans out there who, I mean, I think they're, <laughs> we're sort of a bit more focused, obviously, on um, touring cars racing, but open wheeler racing over the years, there's so much vision around that has just gone to God or never been kept. Or mm. There's all sorts of old movie tone type newses of 70s open wheeler racing in Australia and stuff like that that does float around. But, again, it costs money and time to liberate this stuff and you've got to be able to clear it to use it if you're yeah. using it like commercially or to release it or, or whatever you want to do. One of the ones that's fallen through the cracks, we talked Amps Car before. Mm. Remember when they revived the Amps Car series in 97 for V8 ah, yes. Privateers? Much to um, Tony Cochran's annoyance. Oh, yeah, he was a big fan. Yeah. Uh, ran on a, a Goodyear controlled tyre, Melrose, won the championship, and it was brought. It was actually covered by Channel 7, mm. but the shows were produced by AVE in Sydney who have ah, been around right. for a long time and uh, doing Speed Series stuff again this year. And they did pro car stuff for years. They've done all sorts of motorsport coverage. And they started by running, I'm pretty sure they were half hour or maybe one hour programs showing late at night on a midweek, like a midnight on a Wednesday of, mm. of these Amps car standalone rounds. But the last round of that series was at Eastern Creek and I think it was like early December. Yeah. And by that stage, I think the momentum had, you know, I think there was maybe six or seven cars and it all started to peter out a little bit. I don't think there was ever any vision captured of that round because I don't think it was broadcast. No, so that would that make a lot was of sense. Kind of, so the very last Amps car round, because it only ran for that one season, mm. it had been dead for, what, four years since 93. Yeah. Um, there's no vision. Wasn't of, Paul Wheel in that, in that I think that was, yeah. He just got his hands on one of those old Tony Longhurst Falcons. Yeah. And had done a sports sedan round, I think, at Lakeside or something like that, and this was his first kind of national level touring car event per mm. se. There's a boat we've got to get on the pod. Yeah. He'd, be, he'd be a good chat. Yeah, totally, totally. What else you got on your list? There's there's a bunch of stuff here for us to work our way through. It's so intriguing. And I guess we can always focus in on the what – it's kind of like looking at what you don't have versus what you do have. Yeah, yeah. We do have an amazing <laughs> amount of motorsport history visually. But these are just the bits that have fallen through the cracks or that we want to find or that we are – Sad to have, have lost, but what well, else have you got? What well, else springs to mind? Well, one bit that hasn't fallen through the cracks that we, we know exactly how much we have of is um, the 87 Sandown Touring Car Championship round, <laughs> which was supposed to be broadcast live, and small snippets of it were in a fashion. Um, You're putting a little bit of sauce on this. Well, so there was a um, there was a union strike among It was an television. industrial dispute, yeah. yeah, which stopped Channel 7's people from actually going in to actually and I haven't got the it's a long and involved story yeah. but basically the technicians the camera people the commentators everybody was not permitted to, like they were barred and there are even reports that there was actually going to be actual protest action take place during the race if they had tried like potential of people walking out on the track to force the race to stop if it was being yeah, broadcast this was wild. it probably hasn't been covered enough over the years hmm. and so the, the scenario was that Channel 7 was holding out hope that they could actually – so this is the Sandown round of the Touring Car Championship. I think it was like mm. round seven of nine, somewhere about there. Yeah, with the title relatively yeah, delicately poised yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's on between the Nissan boys and the BMW boys. And it was one of those scenarios where uh, they tried they tried to get this thing to happen. In the end, they gave up and went back to Sydney and Crompton and Raymond put together kind of a highlights of the season so far to fill the airtime on mm. the Sunday afternoon. And I know there's vision around. We've, we've got it somewhere here. Um, there's Mike. There's Neil in the red jackets, clearly frustrated as hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the view, could you imagine, could you imagine if Jess Yates came on the air this weekend in Perth from the studio in Sydney and said, sorry, due to industrial disputation, we can't bring you the round this weekend. Here's the highlights of uh, Newcastle and Albert Park. Oh, And then just as one of the races about to finish, oh, we've managed to get the race one of footage from one of the race cam units out. So they put a chopper up overhead to just beam it out. And yeah. I think they were sort of getting told through their earpieces that, oh, yes, and uh, we're just hearing word that George Fury's moved over for Glenn Seaton to take the lead and take the win and the maximum points. But I think there was a funny story early in that weekend that they were trying to um, direct one of their race cams 
from a van parked outside the track. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, in those days the race cams were beamed up to the helicopters and back and the, the system was pretty well known. Mm. And they and you, remi- you remember that Gricey was a regular race cam driver yeah. for, for Channel 7. That was the first round where I think he rolled out in that burnt orange Bob Jane Commodore. Yeah. yeah. And it had been white earlier in the year. So they were pointing, they thought, they were pointing their um, – they were aiming at this white Commodore driving around Sandown. It wasn't Alan Grice's car, though. <laughs> <laughs> they were beaming at them. They were like, gee, pitch's a bit fuzzy. It's not quite right because they were pointing at the wrong car. So <laughs> that's that's why that all went down. But yet there is there is vision, though, Yeah. 87. Now, and, and this one, um, Luke Blattman, who's a regular sleuth follower, mm. he was on to this because he, he posted about this during the week and I was going to bring it up. Um, he said about... Uh, Ken Sparks, the late great Ken Sparks, who used to attend a lot of the touring car championship rounds and the other events with a cameraman and he'd file reports for the old Wide World of Sports Channel 9 show. Now, he said, I've seen footage of theirs from as early as Sandown 84 for the 500 and as late as Warneroo in 88. I wonder how much, if any, of that is left. And he said, interestingly, they had a camera track site at the Sandown 87 championship race and featured footage uh, from it in various later stories on Wide World of Sports. Mm. So there is vision. Yes. Of that around. And that was a really weird one where he would go and file reports with his own Channel 9 cameraman. Occasionally they would put a camera in a car. Yeah, it was often Brock's car, Brock's I think. Brock's HTC mobile yeah. Commodore. And then they'd go and package up their own story and do their own thing. Was like, it Surfers 87 where Gary Scott in the team car had the Channel 7 race cam yeah. and Brock's VL had the Channel 9 camera in it? Yeah, on? yeah. How strange. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, these days, you just wouldn't even get in the gate if you if you you, you wouldn't even try to get in the gate so with one, another logo on you. So one of my first first jobs in the industry, I was a I was a volu- I volunteered at a couple of as a um, grandstand usher for a couple of races. But one day in Townsville, in Townsville, and then um, I got chatting with Peter Irvine, who looks after looks after us all at the various media centres around the country, in Bathurst and other places. Um, I actually met him in Townsville and he encouraged me to come down to the first Sydney Olympic Park event and he swapped out with me for a day. So I got to experience what it was like being in a supercars media centre. And one of my jobs that that day was to um, help Cole Hitchcock and Cherie Brazzle, who was doing PR for them at that point, um, usher all the camera crews into the precinct to cover uh, Christina Keneally's visit as the new New South Wales Premier. So they're... There are very extreme limits on what rival channels can actually do around the broad around around race meetings nowadays. Mm, mm. And if it's a, what you'll quite often find is that on the if it's Bathurst a Thursday practice or a whatever, there will be access permitted. Mm. But once there's once we're in the broadcast days, forget no about chance, it. You know, if it's a news scenario, then potentially at play. But mm. yeah, that's that's one of those things. But the thing is too with that Ken Sparks vision. You remember, we've talked about this offline before. Some of that stuff popped up on, was it YouTube? I think YouTube. And do you think either of us can find it again? Uh, no. Yeah. Like it was posted like a, the Brock Files or the Lost Brock Vision or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. If anyone finds it, send us the link because we'd love to find it. And I can only presume that the vision that Ken shot, he might have held on to. Mm. He, it might not have all gone into the Channel 9 you know, you got to wonder whether, like, the ownership of it, whether that was his wh- no, through the various deal, moment, whether yeah. like he subcontracted as a his own. Oh, that's a whole yeah. other question, isn't it? But yeah, there's there's some gold there's some gold to be seen there. And I mean, even just to see the old um, Channel Nine reports that he put together, you you will see some vision that you've clearly never seen anywhere else. Hmm. The other thing you won't see, um, the '86 Surface Paradise Touring Car Round now. Um, it's around. I've seen the race on, you know, VHS video. But when I went to release that on DVD, the full race doesn't exist on broadcast tapes. And the same is the case with the eighty-two Castrol four hundred at Sandown. One That's of the rare shame. Sandown enduros that Channel Seven showed in that mm. period, where I think the first half of that Sandown race is there, but the rest of it, which is just not there, which is an absolute absolute shame because it's the second half where all the spicy oh, stuff happens. The Moffat and. Pit stop penalties and Grice and the podium after the race. That's, and, that's like an iconic oh, moment in our sport. Crap. In our sport, one of my favourite photographs from our sport is the one taken from like looking looking at 
Alan Moffat's back as he's given the victory signs to the grandstand and they're just booing him mercilessly. <laughs> it's, and the vision of that is not the original broadcast vision of that isn't in the archive anymore. No, um, it might be in a seven tape when it was used for something else somewhere else. Yeah. But the actual race day telecast doesn't seem to be around the second half. So he said with that, the- with that 86 surfers race, just to circle back mm. a bit, so the full race doesn't exist. Does no. any of the support race stuff oh, exist? I can't remember off the top of my head. The only reason I ask is oh, because that's, go- oh, yeah, oh, that's, so okay. that's the race weekend where they did the Challenge of the Champions support race with – I think three or four bike races and a couple of touring car races where Jim Richards beat Greg Hansford, Mick Doohan and Kevin McGee and Michael Dowson in a motorbike race. With a little bit of a head start. Slight, it, was, it was a handicap start, but he it's still a win. won. A, a win, win is a win. win. Even if it's a reverse grid race, it's exactly, a still yeah. win. It's, it goes down in the stats book as a win. That's how it definitely has to be. I've never seen the 85 surface enduro. Remember the one where the rain – came and they all ended up off the road. Skating off at turn one. Crashed in the on oil in the bank. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen vision of that. No, not, not to the best of my recollection. No. Yeah, I don't I don't reckon I, that I one. presume that would have been an ABC thing at best. Yeah. And yep. again, endurance championship at that point. Yeah. Like, and like if, you think like even the year before, like it wasn't a full production broadcast of that race. Channel seven filed footage of it as yeah. part of a feature story ish sort of type thing but it wasn't a full it wasn't an actual telecast of the actual race yeah yeah uh, but they definitely did televise the 86 surface paradise enduro mm. that was on channel 7 but it took until only recently the last few years that i ever saw the actual telecast of that and i think someone came across it on a vhs but it might have only been shown in full into the queensland market and highlights elsewhere potentially off the top of my head which we've seen with other yeah. enduros of that era like the, yep. the calderwell touring car round is an yeah. example of that yep Totally, totally. When you think of big ticket events, 71 championship decider, Oran Park. Yeah. Doesn't exist? No. What, like looked back at the um, various guides and there's nothing obvious to suggest where it so could Jane have been broadcast. So Jane and Moffat. Yeah. Is this the and one the where Valiant? the guy Valiant, yep, the that's Valiant the one. drove out on the track? That yeah, is yeah, the that, one. That would have been nice. That would have yeah. been nice. Uh, David Roberts is a regular poster to our um, Facebook page and he's come up with some good stuff that I have to cover off while we're going. Um, the Bathurst 1000 at the time that digital TV was shown. Now, this was 2000. Mm. 10 did a digital coverage of Bathurst where they brought Lee Diffie back from overseas. I reckon Mark Howard, Howie, I reckon he might have been a pit lane reporter for this. Yeah, right. And they basically had their own set of pit reporters and did their own stuff. Of course, at the time, analog TV was still the norm. Digital was coming and that was kind of 10's first rollout of it. Well, I still remember like the showreel before proper HD channels started up in North Queensland. Like one of the showreels was a whole heap of footage from that 2000 Bathurst, especially mm. in pit lane. Mm. Like it's amazing high definition footage. Mm. And I've never seen any of that broadcast. I've never seen or heard those yeah, right. blokes talking about that race because it was what was broadcast on 10 that um, we saw. Surely 10 would... How, well, I shouldn't say Maybe. surely, but you Maybe. would think given some of the other stuff that they've had of that era. They have done a very good job of keeping um, – when I was doing stuff for RPM and Channel 10 with the Supercast telecasts, mm. oh, what, what was that, 2018, 19, yeah. I think it was from memory. Um, they did have in that 10-year, 97 to 06 period that they had done Supercars, they had in their files digitised – pretty much all those rounds from back in those days. Mm. So there's a fair chance that stuff might have actually managed to exist. Um, David also points out that there must have been a shed load of races in the 10 archive or the Channel O archive because they used to cover hill climbs. Um, He mentioned the Rothmans 500s, which we talked about before. Heaps of events from Phillip Island, including those 500K Enduros at the end of the year. So they're, they're, they're a bunch of those that are seemingly gone to God. Um, but he said that there's a clip on YouTube, and I think I've seen this, of an historic meeting from Philip Island, Peter Jansen commentating for Channel O. Right. So we might have to get on our bike and have a little bit of a looky-looky for that yeah, one. Yeah. No, that would be interesting. Jansen's commentary was always colourful. Uh, David, not a fan, though, of another commentator, though. <laughs> he says that one should stay lost. Don't find it. This should stay in the lost files and the lost vault. Eddie Maguire's solo commentary effort on the Winton 300 in the mid-90s. I don't even remember that. 
so that was that was shown on Channel Ten. I, I remember that they used yeah. to show like a one hour highlights, something, something along like those that. lines. Yeah, they'd be good races to find. Well, apparently not. Well, not <laughs> that one. Well, David's not a fan. We can <laughs> yeah. run a mute for you. But I do remember seeing the race that Stephen Richards and Melinda Price drove the GRM Pulsar. I feel in. like that's the same race. Oh, it might be. Okay. Do you remember the commentary? No, not at all. Maybe this is why. Maybe you've repressed it or <laughs> just exercised it from away. the brain. Filed it away. Uh, let's keep racing through a few more. Robert Yates, um, he says the 81 touring car open and round from Simmons, which is pretty sure the ABC telecast, um, and the final round at Lakeside, which uh, that clearly doesn't seem to have been covered as a race telecast, but there is some vision around that popped up in – latter years, I think it was a Channel 7 news story. Yeah, and you think of that vision was used on that um, Dick Johnson uh, doco, uh, doco from yeah. back in the day, like yep. slowed right down. And um, It is a shame that there was, no, was, again, no proper broadcast of that race that we can go back and watch and enjoy. But, again, it's it's a byproduct of where touring car racing was at that point. Yeah, yeah, and touring car racing picked up. Really the mid-80s. It was mm. the internationalisation, the Group A era, Channel 7 taking on the touring car rights to add to Bathurst. Yeah. Um, and one of the growth elements there was the internationalism and, and Wellington, the street race, New Zealand. Ah, yes. Sheridan Bottom points this one out too on socials. The good news is a lot of that vision does exist. I've seen it, whether it's been on VHS tape or or whatever. But I did go on a hunt there a few years back to, to Kiwi TV networks and some of the people that I've met over the years, but it would seem that none of the original broadcast tapes of those races exist. Mm. So the only stuff that really exists, remember Channel 7 would show highlights, yeah, one-hour yeah. highlights and stuff and run it here. That stuff's A lot of that stuff's in the 7 volt, and I think we did release one of those or two of those over the journey on our, our DVD series. But there's a bunch of that cool stuff from Wellington and Pookie in that era of stuff that, yeah, broadcast tapes sadly haven't made it. Well, like that mobile series at the end of 96, I wonder if that's still kicking around where, well, the, where 12 of the V8 yeah, supercars went over. That would be a prime one to get your hands on. Um, 10 showed it here. It was produced mm. out of New Zealand and packaged up. But it, it was done a little differently because the package we got had Stephen Johnson calling who was – uh, driving Trans Am at the time, yeah. yeah, with I think Wayne Munro from memory, the Kiwi commentator. But over there at the time with what was aired in New Zealand, it was Daryl Eastlake and Mark Scaife. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. th- and they did some of those um, Nissan Mobiles from memory too. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a, a bit of a regular thing. Um, the Grand Prix, We get asked about this all the time, Grand Prix touring car races. Yeah. I mean, they're around. You can find some people who've loaded them on YouTube here and there, but – Adelaide Grand Prix, Melbourne Grand Prix, it's all owned by Formula One management. So if you were ever commercially to do anything with it, you'd have to go through them, even though the master tapes do exist at Channel 9. and They are not no the owners of 10. those tapes. Yeah. Technical, or the content on those yeah, tapes. Yeah, correct. And, and Mitch O'Brien, who's, a, who's posted on Facebook, he's talking about that wet-dry race in 2005 that the two BOC Falcons, John Bauer, Brad Jones, had that. A one-two finishing. Yeah, you won't see any of that stuff again on TV or here or there purely because of rights issues. Yeah. So the actual tapes will be around and they'll be around at the networks that covered those races generally, but they can't do anything with them. So that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I guess from ha- – we talked talk before about um, sporting bodies that have gone to a lot of trouble mm-hmm. to acquire back – yeah. Old Vision, FOM is one of those that has well, that, a massive stock of vision. They bought up those Brunswick Films, Formula One docos of the 70s yeah. to bring them into their archive um, oh, a while back now. But um, they've actually done a, a really good job of all of that. A couple just quickly to finish off. Um, Andrew Wright says he used to have a copy of the Sandown 79 touring car round. Um, sadly lost now, it seems. Haven't seen it released anywhere. Correct. Hasn't been released, but... An old bloke who's got a copy of that one just <laughs> yes. quietly that uh, someone online might have uh, hooked me up with. And the other one that Ollie Reese pointed out, which I'd forgotten about. This is not mm. that old. Remember in the days of Darwin and then also with Perth that the race won on Saturday, which generally that was happening in Darwin and was in Perth, mm. you'd only ever see the highlights at the start of the Sunday telecast to roll into the Sunday races. You didn't get to see the whole Saturday race. So mm. a lot of those races have just never been broadcast because I wonder if they were ever recorded and there's a, a tape at Channel 10 that's got the you – know, I don't know whether they even bothered commentating them. They might have just shot them and then – That's the thing. Like if you, if you were 
if you were cutting down, if you were creating a highlights pack, how do you know what the highlights are going to be unless you've already unless you're had all the broadcasting the full th- unless you're sorry unless you're um, directing and producing it as though it's a full race and then cutting it down. You might necess- not necessarily have commentators there, but to get mm. all the other mm. stuff, you kind of need all that other stuff in place to happen. Well, well, it took until 2006 for those Saturday races at Perth and Darwin to be shown because remember that year. 10 started showing the Saturday race that night after the AFL. Yeah, right, okay. It took until then. Yeah. So that's why you won't see some of those Saturday races from some of those previous years at those rounds where normally you'd had the three sprint races on Sunday, but with Darwin. Um, Was the Saturday Perth, race in Darwin in 04 the one where Scaife and yes, Ambrose had each other off at, at the, the last corner? corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when Marcus <laughs> made the dive bomb up the inside. That yeah. was in a race that wasn't televised in full. It was – wow. Cut together and yeah, you saw the highlights of it Sunday. Russell Lincoln certainly in. saw the highlights of it. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one when he he then he spun sure did. Marcus sit in the oh, next yeah. race? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Another one that Ollie mentioned too was um, Indy '99, race one with the V8 ah, supercars. Yeah. So, of course, they were the support category for Champ Car, Cart, whatever they were called at the time. Is that a Friday race? Race one? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, there are some races from the V8 supercar era that haven't been seen that weren't broadcast per se, Mm. uh, which, yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. So good spot, Ollie. That was a a good one to add uh, into the mix. So I think we've covered a whole pile there. What's your standout podium of things? If you you said we could find all this, which of the three would you want most? Um, Can I lump all the Bathurst's? In full in, oh, as one? Pick a year. Oh, 72. 71. Okay. 71. And if it could be in high definition, that would be great. <laughs> Not asking much. No. I really want that. Um, those Oran Park Enduros. Yeah, yeah. Especially the, especially those 500s. Those would yeah. be cool. Something different. Just something different. I mean, and Like they were a big thing. Like yeah, all totally. the top teams for the most yeah. part were in it. They were big events. Yeah. Definitely big events. So. There's a whole pile of really cool stuff there. So um, thanks to everyone for contributing too because we got a, a great response on our Facebook post about this uh, to lead into this episode. The Lost Races. Hopefully we find some of these in the future and some of them emerge when we're not looking because that's what happens. When you're not looking for something, you tend to find it. Like that 63 ba- Bathurst 500 yeah, highlights package. It just yeah, turned up, when you landed in our laps. start hunting and spending time and effort and energy – how often do you just not turn up what you're looking for, but the minute you're not looking for it, bang, there it goes. It it's appears. True. Always it's the last place you look. Exactly. Where's my keys? I've lost them. <laughs> Damn. No. They're somewhere. They're somewhere yeah. around. Um, just quickly, we were a little bit late this week with this episode. We will have Repco Supercars Weekly later today. That's Friday to round out the week, of course, uh, Supercars in Perth this weekend as we record this one. Uh, next week, Castrol Motorsport News Podcast back on Tuesday with the boys. Um, and subject to the gods of technology, Will, mm-hmm. we have a very special guest next week on the V8 Sleuth podcast that I'm going to have one-on-one time with. Technology suggests that this is someone who's not coming into the, the V8 Sleuth studio. He's a little far away. He's in Scotland. Yes. He runs a Volvo dealership. That narrows it right down. He was referred to as Mr. Puniverse by Dick Johnson. Mr. Puniverse? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, when he first came out to drive the Brock V8 car, he thought he was this tiny little Scottish fellow who couldn't, you know, drive a car around the track. So I think that this certain fellow... I've never heard that. That's great. I think this fellow responded by saying, well, Dick wouldn't fit in a two-litre car, so I can't do an accent, so I won't do it. Surely you know who I'm talking about. John Clellan. Absolutely. JC, John Clellan, two-time. Very good. Bruce Touring Car Champion, of course, pretty much the unofficial ambassador for V8 Racing and Bathurst uh, through the 90s and into the early noughties has agreed to sit down with me for a chat. So we're going to hook up the uh, online system and have a chat uh, early next week. So we look forward to bringing that to you Wednesday. Uh, technology permitting, it should all work all right. <laughs> um, of course, schedules change and stuff like that. But if we don't get to JC next week, it will happen. We're going to make it happen. He's keen to do it. and We've got a whole pile of stuff. So we will do a throw out um, on socials for call out for questions. But if you've got any for JC, please email them into us or through the, the form on our website at v8sleuth.com.au. There is so much to talk about. I'm so looking forward to sitting down uh, with JC. He is a legend. And you know what? He's going to race the Vectra at Brands in the middle of this year against Murph and Richard. Oh, yes, because he owns the car that Brock rolled at Bathurst Correct. in 97. Exactly. Yeah. 
So those two blokes are going to roll in and they're going to be met by one of the greatest British touring car drivers of all time in one of his old cars. That's going to be great. I reckon it's going to be fun. There's going to be some munchlinging going on in the lead up. For sure. For sure. Uh, John Cleland on the VHS pod next week. Hope you, I'll tell you what, I love this Lost Races episode. This is really, this is up my alleyway. This is our sort of stuff. Like the first contact I ever had with you was when I bought tapes of old racing off you. Right <laughs> back in the day. Too. Actually, I was probably... That was, have we got an God, anniversary was, coming up? It was or? 20 years ago this year. Do we get a cake? Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Did Let's say keep, yes. Did you keep the tapes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. When I was back at Mum's recently, I found a bunch of them. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well Hey, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thoroughly enjoyed this one. The Lost Races, we're going to find some. If you can help us find anything or if you've got something of interest in motorsport vision that might be lying around, get in touch, drop us a note through socials or the website, and we will chat to you again next week. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil and find out.